We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everyone? Welcome in to your Thursday, January 11th, OBR Film Breakdown. We have a great show lined up for you. Two great guests. When we get the group together, it usually means good things. We have Andrew Spade. We have Jordan Zerm. I think this is my most favorite podcast of the week whenever we get the guys together, and I'm excited about it. Got some good topics lined up, including talking about some quotes from the Browns that should get you really excited. Uh, We're going to talk about you know, playoff games that mean the most, the ones that are kind of like it's on in the background, potentially. We're going to talk through those. Before we get there, though, we uh, before this pod started doing a little prep, we we're talking about the um, coaching movement today. That was uh, sort of out of nowhere. I thought Pete Car- obviously Vrabel guys a couple days ago was surprising. Uh, it's sort of the sort of understand uh, understandable when you step away from a little bit where both sides were coming from. And I think Vrabel will ultimately benefit from getting away from that. But uh, the, the today's stuff was the stuff that you didn't see coming. You know, I mean, I, at least for me, I didn't know Pete Carroll was even in remote consideration to be done out in Seattle. I know they ended the season disappointing fashion, but I didn't think that one was going to happen. And then um, the bombshell of all bombshells, which is Nick Saban, right? So these are, these are two, um, you know, I don't know if I can call uh, Pete Carroll generational probably should because he's got multiple level national champions, but these are two of the biggest names in coaching stepping away on the same day. And I think this is where we start to get, you know, feeling a little bit old uh, is probably the way to phrase it. Cause these are guys that we grew up watching lead programs and franchises, and now they're stepping away. And um, I, I think, you know, obviously I don't know that the game's better for it, especially Nick Saban, right. Who's done it at every level. And, um, is, is it continued to me. I, I didn't see if you've, if you've seen Nick Saban talk recently, I thought he was better than ever. So this one was a little bit surprising, but I'm going to open it to you guys to, to, you know, talk about the former Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator here, but you have a chance. Well, first thing, Jake, I just want to say, and it's probably, I don't know if this is the right time to do it, but I've just been thinking a lot and I think I need to kind of move to more of an advisory capacity for the podcast. So mm. I'm going to kind of move upstairs and, and, you know, help find a replacement, that sort of stuff. So it's been a good run. I think it's been a good, uh, 
six months or whatever, but I think it's time to, uh, to hang them up and I try to trade you, but that's a little too much effort. <laughs> so we'll just let you do that. Yeah. Thanks. It's a, it's, it's, this is, this is one of those off seasons where it just feels like everything all of a sudden is on the table, both college and pro tectonic shifts happening. And I, I think, you know, some of it has made a lot of sense. Like I was very, it made a lot of sense to me that the Falcons were like, no, this Arthur Smith guy is a fraud. And then the Titans being like, nah, we don't need Mike Rabel is the other opposite side of that, right? Where it just feels like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? So it's had a little bit of all of that. Then you add in a few like high profile retirement slash moving on. And uh, I think, you know, it's going to be a good month to to have a, a, a rumor sourced Twitter account, right? You're going to do a lot of business. Do a lot of business. I, uh, yeah, it'll be nice to see Andrew sort of nicely transition to an upstairs role, take a real, you know, zoomed out view of the pod, how we can get better, um, who, you know, he'll hire somebody to replace himself. They'll have a great relationship. It'll be awkward. Just want to do what's best for the pod. Yeah, it'll be awkward for us, Jake, because, you know, we uh, will be forced to work with somebody we don't really know, much like the Bears are having a you know, whatever they're doing over there with Matt Eberflus and firing coordinators and all that stuff. So that that should work out really well for them and for us in this podcast. Um, I think the the both Pete Carroll and Nick Saban, why I think both were so surprising. I mean, obviously, what Pete's like seventy two and Saban's up there, so obviously the age. So, factor. Saban was close in age, right? Wasn't he close, like seventy two as well? I think they're the same age. I, think so. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but both of them seem like guys that uh, are going to have no idea what to do with their time without football. Like it, Saban, especially that dude just seems yeah. like you take that out of his life and he's immediately going to have an existential crisis. And he might, you know, he might reverse that decision very quickly. Is he going to like Mac thing. Brown it? Mac Brown ends up yeah. in North Carolina out of nowhere. Is, yeah. that, is that what's going to happen? Yeah, like he's just going to be like, like Cleveland State, what's up? You need me to coach your basketball team? I'll do it. I don't care. Whatever you want. Um <laughs> So, yeah, they, like I think with Pete Carroll, he's at least a little more um, happy uh, like he seems like in life. Nick Saban just always seems miserable and is thinking about the next game and, and the film and all of that. So I'm going to be really fascinated to see, especially for Saban, how long this lasts. But, yeah, man, I think for most of our collective lifetimes, those are the two coaches that have been around the longest. Like for me, living in Cleveland, like we didn't really – like USC was not on our radar at all. And Pete Carroll like put that program on my radar um, and, and they were cool. They had Snoop Dogg and Will Ferrell on the sidelines, that type of thing. So yeah, it's going to be weird, man. It's going to be a void. I'm looking at this article from the Columbus, uh, you know, press. I think it may have been the Columbus dispatch. I don't know. Um, it's in a quirky research. I want to give credit to that at quirky research. They go, uh, it's an article that says Nick Saban, an assistant at West Virginia has been handpicked by Earl Bruce at Ohio State to become the secondary, the defensive secondary coach for Ohio State. He will replace Pete Carroll, who left Ohio State after the Rose Bowl game to become defensive coordinator at North Carolina State. So um, 1980 on that one. It's like you sit here and you wonder today, who are these guys 20 years from now that are articles like this floating out around there, but we, we don't see them uh, coming in that direction, right? So that's uh, it's pretty cool. So just wanted to lead off with, two legends of football stepping away and what impact that will have for the rest of the game. So good stuff there. What we wanted to do also was, um, you know, obviously gloss over Andrew stepping away from the pod. That's not very important and move to Jordan's 
uh, initial thoughts. You've gotten Andrew and I's thoughts on pretty much everything that's happened uh, leading up to this point, right? We're going to cover injuries in just a little bit, but mostly what we've done is precursory stuff of what we think of the Texans, what we thought of the first game, and how we're sort of feeling about this game just now two days away. Quick rematch. I don't I don't love that element of it. You know, it's the winning team to quickly turn it around. But but I'm curious as we sit here and maybe some of you have consumed our our buddy Cleology's uh, you know, hype video, which is unbelievably well done. I want to give him a second straight podcast shout out for that. I have to believe the team will find it's so good, I have to believe the team's gonna find it. Like they're gonna find that and play it. There's no way. It's so good. And um that i think that that moment like watching that a few times is the first time i've really felt this is real and they can do this and they can win three games and go to the super bowl and like all of this stuff and and it's aligning and it feels like the players are aligning in that way and i know andrew we're going to talk about that in just a minute with some quotes that are promising from them but i do want to give you the the floor here jordan to talk about how you're feeling about this game yeah thank you it's an honor to speak before andrew so i really appreciate that (laughs) um yeah, it's uh I mean you I know you guys have have talked about it a lot. I think there's just a couple things that I think are really fun for me. I mean, I, one I think I tweeted this is like I would have preferred not to have played the I think maybe the best quarterback of the options in that division that the Browns potentially <laughs> could have faced. Um depending on what you what your thoughts of Trevor Lawrence are, but you know, CJ Stroud has just been on such a heater this season. Probably one of the better rookie quarterbacks we've seen in a long time you know, gets a concussion, comes back, just looks, you know, just comes right back slinging it. Um, He's turned Nico Collins into a household name. Like he's just done things as a rookie that make you uh, kind of in in awe of of his abilities. So, you know, the obvious like Ohio State connection is really fun um, to to be able to, you know, for a Cleveland team to face a Ohio State quarterback um, in the playoffs is really fun. And then I mentioned to you guys, and I, I think I sent a tweet about it, but just, you know, him and Joe Flacco, just when they have the opportunity, they're trying to push it down the field. They're not, they're not playing it safe. They're looking, they're looking deep first and then they're coming down off it. Um, and it could be a really fun, you know, you hope it's more Flacco going deep than CJ Stroud going deep, but I think it could be a really fun, just a fun game. Um, obviously things slow down in the playoffs, you know, defenses are going to really hone in on what you do well. And obviously the Browns want to take away those explosive plays. Um, and yet, does it worry me slightly that the Browns didn't get to face him the first time around? Like a little bit, I, you just start, you know, you're not sure. Uh, I wish they had faced him before. So they, you know, can you know, saw some of those tendencies up close, but I have a lot of faith in what Jim Schwartz is going to do to get this defense prepped. But yeah, like I, it's just going to be two dudes um you know a lot of years apart but they both want to sling it and what can what more can you ask for in a playoff game just than than dudes who want to sling the ball around so um I think it's gonna be really fun and yeah to Jake's point I think like the surrealness has worn off a little bit now and now it's like okay it's go time I think for a while it was like you're still just like I can't believe Joe Flacco just took the Browns to the playoffs and now it's like all right, let's like it's playoff time. Like let's get after it. The Browns are the the first game, you know, of the whole the whole set of playoff games, which is pretty fun. Like everybody's attention gets to go on the Browns first. Um it'll be cool for some guys to get national attention. I think like some guys on that Browns defense, I think it'll be really cool for like people that haven't watched the Browns yet around the country to see that defense in action and hopefully Grant Delpit is a guy that'll be on that field back as well, um cuz he's a guy that deserves that. So 
Yeah, man, it's starting to it's starting to feel real as the week kind of gets to the back half here and uh, looking forward to it. Andrew, anything to add to that? I know that we have kind of gone through some early feelings here, but but uh, I know you're confident. You're pretty confident right now as we sit here a couple of days out, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think it's just a to me, it comes back to the resumes of the the in both teams. And I, I think the the. I mean, kind of to Jordan's point, the, the, the clearest path for the Texans in this seems to be C.J. Stroud kind of just playing out of his mind, right? And basically being unstoppable every time they get the ball. But we even talked earlier this week, Jake, about how Bobby Slowick will will call runs on first and second down often, even when Stroud's red hot. So yeah. I, I don't know that even if Stroud was dealing, like true lights out Justin Herbert against the Raiders in that end of the year game a few years ago dealing if Slowick would trust him to throw it 40 times. And I don't even think it's Slowick. I think it's for the record. I think it's D'Amico Ryans who is a defensive head coach and doesn't want his quarterback throwing 40 times as a matter of philosophy. So, um, you know, and on that note, I did also see this week that the, the Texans are the uh, least accurate team in terms of their fourth down decisions. They tend to be the most conservative that give up the most value. So I, I think, Ryan's has done a great job turning that team around, making them competitive. But I also think he's got a lot of defensive coordinator in him, obviously, right? He's he, So he sees the game through that lens, and it affects the way that you make decisions. And I think that it allows him to lean on his play caller at times to say, you know, let's pound the rock here and, and run some clock because we want to give our defense a breather. So I, I think that stuff plays into the Browns' hand. I think a version of the Texans that was maybe – say Mike McDaniel, for example, who was truly prepared to say F it and just chuck it 50 times, or even frankly, Kevin Stefanski, who, who you know, <laughs> recently has really liked to get the ball in the air. Um, I would feel more concerned about Stroud being able to truly take the game over. Yeah, I guess if they're going to make a change, come out firing, doing that angle would be a bit unexpected. Uh, if you're If you're talking about just simple changes for a coaching staff to make, I mean, I guess... C.J. Stroud or Devin Singletary, who do you want to, to have the football? Must be a really difficult choice there. Not to not to belittle Devin Singletary there, but um, you know I find that to be a pretty easy choice. But again, they might want to be you know making the burden on C.J. is uh, as as simple as possible. But but if there's a rookie who can handle it, certainly him. So maybe they amp it up and they they live a little bit more on the edge. Andrew, we we've talked about that as being one of the more interesting curiosity points coming up in this game because. If you just think you can show up to the playoffs and do things as you have done, I think you're going to be in for a rude awakening. You have to alter what your traditional tendencies are. So a couple things. Um, seeing here, NFL and CBS noted that the Browns are the first team since the merger to have their week one starting quarterback, running back, left and right tackle out and make the playoffs. So a little bit more interesting uh, nuggets to drop on top of the Browns doing things that nobody thought they could possibly do angle we have injury report stuff which we want to hit on and it's pretty good for the browns obviously i saw delpit out there practicing a lot of the bigger names out there uh doing their thing today uh you also saw uh, juan thornhill out there limited you saw pierre strong i was a little surprised by that out there in a limited capacity as well the guys who did not practice dustin hopkins again who we know is probably not going to be playing they gave amari cooper another day off but amari cooper said he could have played last sunday if he needed to so uh, he will be out there. And then Cedric Tillman remains a concussion protocol. We are not trending in a good direction to see him play. On the other side, and again, this is like your Friday practice, guys. This is 
one of the more important practices, right? I mean, I guess this could be Thursday, one more day. Let's wait one more day to see. But this is an important one. We have Will Anderson, Noah Brown um, as DMPs. We have um, Grenard as well, their other best edge rusher, and then their depth edge rusher, Jerry Hughes, all of which are not practicing. Now, we'll see Friday if they get out there and they're limited. They're probably going to go. I didn't see if something happened to Will Anderson late in that game the other day, last weekend. I think maybe something did. I can't I can't quite remember. But um, it seems uh, certainly of note that some of the best pass rush people that the uh, Texans can play are not practicing so far this week. So wanted to hit on that. But as we shift back into sort of preparation for this game, you know, getting the build up, the anticipation, obviously huge. It's getting there. It's growing. I think, Andrew, you made a good point earlier in the week where you said the nature of that week 18 nothingness was just like like a flat tire in this momentum movement. And I think that trickled into like people's anticipation of the game. But I wanted to talk about some of the quotes because I think the Browns have had some very mature quotes leading into this thing. But, you know, started with the stuff about the team meeting and what Flacco said and how these four or five weeks can really change your life. This is the opportunity to change your football life, things of that nature. But I also loved what JOK said about like, this is not another game. Like this is a, this is way more meaningful than that to the city, to the franchise. We are not treating it like another game. They're texting each other more often. They're in the building earlier. They're leaving later. They're talking about little details on the film, um, all things you want to hear. And it, and it feels Andrew much different. I know we're living now four years apart, so it's a little tricky three years technically, because it was the playoffs of 21. This feels more, we have a belief we can do something bigger as opposed to the Browns' first experience in the playoffs in 21 uh, after the 20 season where it felt like they were happy to be there. You know what I'm saying? And I think you got some quotes there that, that back this point up. Yeah, so it came out today that the only players that were speaking in that team meeting on Monday were Super Bowl players that had played in the Super Bowl. So, so you'd have Deron Harmon, Flacco. Rodney McLeod. McLeod. Who else? I'm think. running out of guys. Me too. <laughs> uh, Jerome Jerome Ford. Uh, sure, who else sure. has been in a Super Bowl? Sure. Muhammad Massaqua. Yeah, uh-huh. anyway, guys yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Massaqua. Yeah. What's the odds on that name drop in this spot? There it is. <laughs> Very solid. Uh, his his son is a recruit. No, um, I I yeah. So it's I it's all part of this concerted effort from the coaching staff to talk honestly about what's in front of them. Right. And so Joel Batonio talked about it. He said, I think it's just a grounding thing. We talked all year about going one and oh and focusing on the fundamentals, but when you prepare for these moments, there's time to take it in. But once you get between those lines, it's 11 guys on the field. Uh, he said, it's very cool to hear from those guys. I think it brought a great energy to the room. And then coach kind of finished it off with, all right, we've talked about it. Now we have to focus everything on the Texans. So it sounds like the, the strategy is kind of talk about what's ahead of them and then kind of bring them back to the task for the week, but but not running away from the fact that this has a trajectory. Um, and so then the, one of the follow-up questions for Betonio was, did it strike you as out of character for Stefanski to allow you guys to go down that road? And Betonio said, no, he's done some things like that in the past. I think he's been very consistent this year in his whole career. I don't think it was out of character. And then talking about talking about the Super Bowl, he says, I think that's the first goal every year. The ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. I think every team thinks they want to win it, but you got to make the playoffs first. Um, so he, he says, and he thinks it's just part of the bigger plan. So I, I think it's, 
I, I, you know, and then Denzel Ward also had some really revealing quotes where he talked about, uh, there was, so he was asked being from here and hearing all the stories about the Super Bowl. Uh, how much do you think it would mean for these fans to experience something like that? And Ward said, the meeting was inspiring. It'd be crazy, especially being from Cleveland. I was here when LeBron won the championship and those guys brought the downtown and the atmosphere and experience of the whole city was amazing. So I think to be able to do that on the football end and bring a championship would be crazy. So we just got to take things a game at a time and work to get there. But I think it's just notable to me that they are they are clearly, they now that they're in the playoffs have got kind of a foot in both worlds, right? Where they're, they are not shying away from what this could become. And I think that's a sign of a team that understands what's in front of them and the opportunity in front of them. While at the same time, understanding they got to take care of business every week. It's a testament to the way they've built it. And I think this is something that we talked about last year. Now Flacco was certainly everything about the Joe Flacco experience here is unexpected, right? We've, we've been through this. We've been down that road, but bringing in guys like Rodney McLeod who have been to those moments, you know, and again, veterans in rooms like Shelby Harris additions like that Marquise Goodwin guys who have been around the league and experienced things. Young talent is awesome. You want as much of it as you can have, but there is something to having guys who have experienced broad, you know, uh, perspectives about the NFL and have, have seen really big moments. And that's a credit to Andrew Barry for bringing in Harmon late Obviously, the thing working out with Joe Flacco is so, I don't know, unexpected, and it just continues to seemingly pay dividends, right? And and it's just, uh, it's it's. I don't I don't really know what other way to say it than we we feel, I don't know, not blessed isn't the right word, but just it's so there's we're so lucky to be sitting inside this moment. I think they feel it too when you hear them talk, and I, I loved hearing today two guys that. Injured players, Mo Hurst, McLeod, we've talked about some others. I can't remember. There was one other player specifically mentioned are sticking around like they want to be around this stuff because obviously, you know, Nick was I think I saw Nick in Cincinnati with them. Like these guys who are around, they want to be there. They want to when you want to be in those environments. And I think what I'll say and kind of pass it to you, Jordan, is that this feels more like a Cleveland Browns football team than we have ever experienced, at least in my adult life, where it seems to be a bunch of adults. The young guys who are the core of your leadership group are now older, more experienced, and they're getting insight perspective from those who are even uh, more veteran part of the operation here. And I think like then you get vets with the right voices with your core group who are your big contributors who are learning how to be leaders and this is like the formula for success is sitting here and we're watching it. Like we're really watching it. And I think that's, um, I don't want to give the, the, the Flacco thing too much credit because that was, you know, sort of just, just brought out of nowhere, but it's unique to see what's happening here, I guess is my general point. Yeah. I think that's really well said. And it is, it is pretty wild how, this is probably one of the most like fractured seasons in terms of how many players they've lost to injury, the quarterback situation, all of that. And yet it's probably the strongest the locker room has ever been uh, in maybe under Kevin Stefanski, maybe in a really long time where, yeah, like to your point, you've got injured players sticking around. You've got, you know, Deshaun on the sideline getting hype with Joe Flacco on Thursday night. 
um, when that could very easily be a Deshaun's just like pissed and moping around and he's watching this guy come off the couch and take the team that he's supposed to be playing for, you know, to the playoffs. But he looked genuinely happy for what was going on on the sideline. And he was on that sideline all of Thursday night, which was a cool thing to see. So, yeah, you know, I'm usually a person that really rolls my eyes at sort of coach speak and cliches. And I think like as we've gone on this season, you see the the Kevin Stefanski sort of post-game speeches where it's kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, you fought for your brothers, one and know every week, all that stuff. And I'm just like, oh man. But then like the players are repeating it in their press conferences and the one and know every week thing, even though it's the most cliche thing I've ever heard in my life. Like guys are saying it, guys are buying into it and they've somehow been able to focus on like each week is just a new week especially with all these injuries that's like kind of how you have to do it and the team really seems like they've rallied around that so this is one of those few times where I'm like okay like the message outside of the x's and o's and the schemes and all that stuff which I obviously think are much much more important but he's you know Kevin and this locker room have just really like stuck together in a way that I, is really rare, I think, for a franchise and a team that has gone through everything that they've gone through this season. You just don't really see it like that. And then the other thing that I wanted to say, because as you guys were talking, I was thinking about to our conversations when they signed Flacco and before DTR got hurt, where we were like, man, if, if Flacco has to play meaningful minutes, that could be a real disaster for this team. Like, let's avoid that at all costs. And like, I don't think there was anything wrong with that line of thought. I, I I really was like, you know, from what I've seen of Flacco these last few years with the Jets, I don't want him to play for the Cleveland, to have to like play meaningful games for the Browns. And I think aside from no one being able to predict him, him playing like this, I think the other thing that maybe I probably overlooked was like, well, what if they are successful and what if they do go to the playoffs and then you just have Joe Flacco with this wealth of playoff experience and like this wealth of just NFL experience. And then to, you know, to Jake's point, to be able to give that to the locker room, to be able to give that to guys that um, don't have a ton of playoff experience and for him to be able to guide them, not only through these past like five, five, six weeks, but now into the playoffs, I just like, that's such a benefit. And I don't think anyone could have predicted he'd be playing like this and that helps. But for him to be able to just be like, I've done this, I've won a Super Bowl, I've gone through playoff runs. Like, I know what this is like. It's no sweat off my back. I think that is, you cannot measure, I think, how important that is for yeah. a franchise that has had three playoff appearances in my lifetime. Um, and I'm 35 years old, you know, like that, they just, they didn't, they didn't have anybody like that on the roster and to have the quarterback of your team be that guy now, that's, that's huge. And that's really cool. And it's just not something I think we ever considered when we were like, oh boy, DTR's hurt. You got to play Flacco. Like, oh my God. And now to see what it's turned into is just really cool. It's just like, like Jake said, to be in this moment, to kind of just like experience this is a really cool thing. You know, Andrew, you talked about this is a, maybe a, a month ago. We, we did this forever. You brought up watching Joe Flacco's Ravens run. Like, go back and watch. It's twenty twelve. It's a decade ago, um, and just looking at the type of quarterback he was then versus now. And I did that recently, and I never brought it back up to you to talk about because I'm an absent minded idiot. But when you watched him in those Ravens moments. First of all, there's an uh, like zero fear of like, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this into a window and 
it doesn't really matter to me whether this works out or not within reason. Like he's, I guess my thing is in, in playoff moments, you will usually see quarterbacks tighten up. Right. And at least in that run he had there to the Super Bowl, it was like big time throw after throw after throw. And the thing that stood out to me was how similar the types of throws he's making then feel to now. And that he has not lost anything in the right arm. He was a little more calm back then because a, he had a more trustworthy offensive line who was healthier and he was just younger. You know, you get older, you get a little more, uh, I don't really want to get hit. So you get a little bit more antsy, but I, I still think Joe for considering the circumstances of when he last played with New York is, has done fine navigating the pocket. But I think the thing that was the most jarring to me, Andrew is like, Oh, this, this Browns offense feels very similar to what he was running most comfortably there in Baltimore. And these playoff throws look pretty familiar to what the Browns are going to ask him to do. Getting under center, dropping back off play action, uh, doing some wide zone bootleg, right? The gun play action stuff's a little different, but like this is different than what the, the most recent operations he's been involved in have been asking him to do, right? The end of the Ravens run with the Greg Roman stuff and like he couldn't develop a passing offense, right? And you know, that collective group was really rough at the end before Harbaugh made changes and obviously bouncing around to places where, you know, at that point, they're not building a, an offense around Joe or he's not even typically arriving in ones that are most suited for him. But I, I just think that I would encourage everybody to do it as well. Go back and watch his run in those what was, I think it was three playoff games, three or four. And yeah. it was, it's remarkable how similar he looks because some guys get older and adapt and change. And I'm like, nah, man, these throws look pretty similar to me. Yeah, the types of throws he's making and the the windows he's throwing into, the attitude with which he throws the ball, I agree with you. That's all uh very similar. I thought I think physically he looks different. Uh I think he, he looks he looks to me he looks thinner and a little bit uh more like he has more functional strength and less sort of, you know, farm boy young guy that can just kind of do whatever he wants strength. So it does he he feels different from that perspective in terms of that he knows how to use his his body to to get where he wants it's he's more efficient is i guess what i would say he's got a glow up i think joe has had a glow up because if you look at him coming out of delaware you're like all right yeah i'll tell you what some of these you know him at practice it's a a handsome guy i'm just i gotta give it to him you look at that look at the college picture kevin stefanski and then you're like all right this guy has grown you know the yoga stuff that Mm -hmm. flacco talks about i think he's exactly your body change point is right he's less He's a little more nimble. Now he's slower because he's mm-hmm. not the same athlete. He's older, right. but he's been able to keep some of that alive because it's quite clear he's taking good care of his body. Yeah, I think he's lighter on his feet. He's not faster, but he's lighter on his feet. And I think the the trade-off is is actually probably worth it. I mean, the the balance necessary to get punched in the face by Quinn and Williams and still roll out to your left, that's that's has to do with I think no, no flag. Right, exactly. Be, being really balanced uh, physically and and being I think having strong core strength, strong functional strength, as I said before. So, yeah, I think it's a really interesting comparison because it's over a decade ago and you see the similarities and you see the differences. And then there's also the fact where he threw for, what, I think eight, nine touchdown passes and zero interceptions over that game, three-game stretch and was just throwing lasers, left, right, up the middle. Yeah. 
every single one of them was Jacoby Jones friggin money. Like, so yeah, he's known to Jacoby Jones and like, right. And that's like, another great point. Anquan Bolden, older yeah. Anquan Bolden, old Anquan Bolden. Yeah. Anquan Bolden was funny? balling. Let's be clear about that. Another guy's got a, a child coming. Dennis Pitta. Uh, Dennis yeah. Pitta. Yeah. I, I just think that like, if you want to see, is it possible for Flacco to rip it for four games? Yes. Go, go watch. Like yeah, he's, the proof is in the pudding. He's done it before if he's hot and we could probably all agree here. He's slinging the thing. He's slinging the pill pretty well these days. If they can cut down the fluky turnovers, that'd be great. And then you got some serious, you know, fuel to cook with there, Jordan. I was just going to say, too, I actually it's funny. I haven't watched the whole run, but I went back and I watched like um, uh, an elongated highlights of of the Super Bowl. First of all, that game was that was a great Super Bowl. Like the Ravens got out to a big lead, but then like the 49ers really made it a game. There was the blackout. But man, you also forget. Yeah, the blackout was great. You also forget this is a you know whole other pod, but man, Kaepernick was also swinging that thing. That that was just a fun. Those are dudes that were like like it makes me think a little bit about this weekend. Not that C.J. Stroud is what Kaepernick was at his peak, but like just guys with arms who could just easy throw that ball down the field. And and you're right about the types of throws. He it was early in the game, and I forget who he threw it to, but Flacco had one of those where like he you know the pressure gets there, he's got to move off his spot, and you're like, man, he's not he can't really move that well, but he's escaping out to his right. And he made like a great throw on the run. And like, those are some of the things he's done with the Browns. He's still doing where if he can get out of there and has a little bit of space, like he can still put a lot on that ball, even if he's on the move. So yeah, it is really fun to go back and watch the types of throws he was making on that run because it really, you you sit there and you're like, Oh, these are like four throws he just made last week, which is, which is like yeah. crazy because that was over a decade ago, but it's like, he's still, He's still out here doing it. So, yeah, highly recommend to get you pumped up. Go check out that 2012 run. It's a lot of fun. Good stuff. All right, we're going to take a break, come back, and then we're going to talk about the collective playoff games and our interest in each of them. So we will return after a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket out for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, six games this weekend, fellas, and I want to rank them by our intrigue in each of them. So... With the wild card round, I want to make sure I have the schedule up in front of me. It doesn't seem there it is. Postseason. We have a reminder to everybody. Browns, Texans, Saturday at 430. Dolphins, Chiefs, Saturday evening, 8 o'clock. Sunday, you get Steelers at the Bills at 1 o'clock. Packers at Cowboys. I know Andrew loves that one. 430. 8 o'clock, Rams, Lions. And then we have Eagles, Bucks. Monday night football. Just going to leave it at that. Eagles, Bucks. Rocking and rolling. Here we go. All right, so... Let's go through. We're just going to go round robin. Talk about. Uh, we're going to go worst game. The game you care the least about. Um, obviously, football is pretty much met its end here. So you have no more college games. You don't have the red zone channel. You don't have all the things you love about football season. So it would take a lot to not tune into a game knowing we're about to enter that abyss of nothing. So the game you're least likely to tune into, or you don't care if you watch it, Jordan, you get to pick first. Which game do you care the absolute least about? Maybe won't even catch much of it. This, this is actually fairly hard because this is like as good of a, I think like opening slate as I can remember in a while. Jordan's like, my job is I have to watch all of them idiots. Yeah. I unfortunately will have to watch all of them, but I think the one that I would not care, I just like, I don't want to watch Mason Rudolph in a stadium where that wind is going to be like a hundred miles per hour. That's the thing with a couple of these games. Like, I mean, listen, there could be entertainment va- there could be entertainment value in it for sure. Um, but the game in Kansas City and the game in Buffalo, it's going to be like it's not really going to be the football that we're used to seeing those teams play, which I don't love. <laughs> I'm not a person like I would rather see them being able to just do what they do, but um I, I 
the Steelers being in makes me upset. Uh, the Bills, you know, they obviously have gone on a bit of a run here in the second half of the season, but it's just like with the weather and with it being the Steelers, who I think are going to get crushed, I hope are going to get crushed. I don't know. Um, that's really the game where I'm just kind of like, I'll watch it, you know, because I enjoy like the, the pain of Pittsburgh fills me up and it, it gives me life. Um, so for that reason, and like if the Steelers won, like what would happen to the bill, you know, like, so there is, there's some intrigue there for sure. But I think of all the games, that's where the least amount of my energy is going to go to. A couple things on that one. Kind of funny today to see the all uh, players driven selection, players yes. association selection. Oh, yeah, yes. And yes, I, yes. I noticed that there was a Miles Garrett selection from, from Piers and Micah Parsons Max selection. Crosby. And Max Crosby. It's weird. I, there's a name I didn't see on Someone there. was not on there. One Someone was not on there. And what's the most funny is that when I actually am kind of pulling for Pittsburgh to win a game, of course he's not playing. Right. So And they're terrible without him. I just saw that stat. They're like 1 in 10 without Watt. Oh, they love to call that stat out. Like he literally <laughs> drives the win-loss train for them. Yeah. So, so, yeah, anyway, yeah, I, that, I had to selection. note it. That's a great select. You're right. Go ahead. Andrew, you're going to pick next. So feel free to riff on that game and pick your yeah. least. Yeah, I think the weather piece is really uh, important to, to keep in mind there. It has the potential to kind of even the scales a little bit because if it is going to be wind whipping, then that does – I mean, if anybody can throw it through a blizzard, it's Josh Allen. But still, like he – we know what that means for him. So I, I do think that there's a chance that that helps the Steelers stay in the game because it kind of shrinks the margin between the two teams. But I, for my money, the the game that I would have last, and so I'll, I'll take it now, is the Eagles-Buccaneers because the Eagles are playing some of the ugliest football in the league right now, and the Buccaneers wouldn't be a playoff team if they were in most divisions or – you know, any, any division other than the NFC South period. So to me, end of the week, Monday night, two teams that I don't think it's not, I don't think it's going to be a well-played game. So there's the scenario where the Eagles are still just a superior team and they beat the Buccaneers. That doesn't seem very interesting to me. There's a scenario where the Buccaneers outplay the Eagles and Baker Mayfield gets glorified for three and a half hours. That certainly doesn't seem interesting to me. So (laughs) It feels kind of like a no win is, I guess, where I'm at with it. So that's the one that I am the least interested in seeing. I I suppose it might be on kind of for the reason that you said, Jake, like it's we're getting down to the end of it here. But there's a chance that I have something else going on Monday night and I won't I won't have that on, at least for the, you know, maybe not all of it. Maybe just skip the first half. I don't know. We'll see. I have some Buccaneers friends who are absolutely petrified of this contract decision with baker mayfield and i said hey welcome to the club we have shirts and everything been there been there the difference is is that now he probably will be amenable to signing something reasonable where he wouldn't have been with the browns so maybe they can work with him good luck um next is chiefs dolphins for me these are the three least intriguing games we've laid out here so i mean it's going to be awful weather which means the offenses are probably not going to be any good you have the Chiefs who haven't been very good offensively for a while anyway, who are really, really beat up defensively. They're signing guys off the street to try to rush the passer. And the Dolphins without Jalen Waddle and Mostert. Now, I don't know if those guys end up playing, but it, it, if they do, they're going to be shells of themselves in this cold, awful weather. 
I just feel like it's a Chiefs win, but it's an ugly 16 to, to 10 or, you know, some, something awful. And it's just not going to be very fun to watch. Chiefs are strong defense. The Chiefs have the best unit of all of these, which is their defense. The Dolphins, I think, are kind of limping around. And, and Tua, when he's under pressure, is that's another contract decision that is just I am not envying that choice that they're going to have to make out there. I know they love the person. And they love the point guard version of Tua, but when the when the things get really tight and there's pressure and he's got to make those throws, the evidence is awful. And you you just worry about paying that guy that kind of money. So another big decision. But this is the least bad of the three bad games, in my opinion. Three not bad games, but least intriguing. Here's a question for, for you, Jake. For a non Browns fan, do you think the Dolphins Chiefs game gets ahead of Texans Browns? maybe i maybe probably yeah probably but again i think the dolphins it's like the writing's on the wall with these guys it does feel that way so many injuries and the the weather they're traveling to and like i mean we're obviously slanted here because of what we're covering but i could see that going either way uh either way so i I think there's the go ahead i was just gonna say there's the the Tyreek back in KC storyline is a, is somewhat intriguing, but again, I do think like the weather is going to be such a factor. You're just not getting to get to see these teams throw it around that much. And yeah, yeah to Jake's point, it feels like the dolphins are just, people are like, we can't take you seriously. Like yeah. we just, there's no reason to at this point. So I wonder if given uh, the opportunity, if chiefs players would be like, yeah, we, we go, we go play this in Miami. No problem. I wonder if given that choice, they would say yes to that. Like, you're not even going to have that much of a home field advantage. I'm looking here. Tickets are 66 bucks to get in. So like, yeah, it's going to be some empty seats. To me, that tells you people think the outcome of this game is done because Chiefs are supporting. They support. Yeah, but that's so also like yeah. very they, tough weather. That's yeah, dangerous. That's that's the point. In an open the, stadium. Yeah, the weather's so bad. We think they're going to win anyway. So not going to really waste our time with that game. So I think that. I think we've answered our own question. That's that game because the outcome of that game feels certain to me, very certain. So there you go. Now the Dolphins will win and can't wait to come back next week and talk about it. But that's why I have that one in the bottom three of the top three. I would put Cowboys Packers at my least of the top three. I think these are traditional NFL, you know, uh, powers over the years. And I'm certainly interested in Jordan Love getting an opportunity here in a big stage because he's been really promising at the end of the year. But that game to me feels like the Cowboys are just immensely better. And it's not going to be all too competitive. Andrew thinks an upset's coming, which that's fine. I could see where that could happen. Um, There's always in these games where we're looking at them and like the outcome is defined. One or two of them always go sideways. So this could be the one. But from just picking like, is this a coin flip? The Browns Texans game feels like a coin flip. Like I think we've, we've gone through this. Like it's a, by the, I know the Browns are still favored. I don't know if you guys have looked today. I don't know what the line is, if it's moved at all, but Two and a half. yeah, it's, it still feels to me coin flippy in a way because they're in Houston and CJ's back. So I would put Packers Cowboys behind Browns Texans um, pretty, pretty confidently, but I can also see where, the old John Madden, Pat Summerall, Fox football vibe of uh, Packers and Cowboys from the last 25, 30 years is, is a draw to a lot of people. So I could see them pretty intrigued by it. And it is one of the more exciting, like Steelers Bills 7-2 feels different than this Green Bay 7-2 with the Cowboys. Would you guys agree with that or am I an idiot? No, I think, I think you're spot on. I also just, 
I agree. I would put it beneath. Uh, I would put it beneath Browns Texans um, for the number three spot. But I do think, like, I I think I might align with Andrew a little bit, where it feels like the Packers and Jordan Love is playing really well. And man, I just the history with the Cowboys and the pressure that they have got to feel. I, I know they can be like, oh, it's whatever, but like the pressure on Dak, the pressure on Mike McCarthy, and like yeah. just the whole Cowboys thing to me is so real that if they get down early, it's just going to be like their fans are going to get uncomfortable. It's just, and I love that because I just get so tired of the Cowboys doing the same thing year after year. So, um, and I really, I've come to really like Jordan Love. Like, I think he's just fun to watch. It's cool that like, after sitting for what felt like his entire life. And he probably was like, I'm never going to play here. Um, he's gotten an opportunity with a bunch of receivers that no one really had any idea who they were. And he's out there making it work. So never um, heard this story out of green Bay before. So unique. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Jordan love um, in 15 years is going to have a spot on Wednesdays. On yeah, ESPN to come on and yeah, he's going on. I wonder what, I wonder what conspiracy theory he'll be most into when he gets to take over for Rogers. But um, so, yeah, but I, but I think there's some intrigue there, but I'm still putting them behind uh, Browns tech Texans. And then I would think we would agree that the, the Stafford golf Detroit LA thing is, is number one. That's very cool to me. At least I think like it, it being in Detroit is really cool because as someone who just went to a Rams Browns game, the atmosphere for the home team is is non-existent. So it's cool that it's in Detroit. I think that place is going to be going bonkers to have to host a playoff game for the first time in however long. Like, um, and for Stafford to be the guy to have sort of, you know, like one more, like let's let's ride one more time, and he's playing out of his mind. Um, that's going to be really fun. I think the atmosphere alone makes that game really fun, but then the storylines take it to another level. So for me. I don't know about you guys, but I'm putting I'm putting that one above my beloved Browns just because I think like the storylines there are pretty incredible. How that's come full circle for both quarterbacks, right? Obviously, as Browns fans, we're going to be tuned into that game. If we had to choose one, that's the game we'd choose to watch, right? It's, it's kind of obvious. But from a what yep. makes the best matchup, what makes the most interest, I agree with Jordan 100 percent that it's it's Rams Lions. The, the this, I love the ESPN score ticker because it has all this information. It's got the highest point total of any game this weekend, 51 and a half. So that, you know, points are expected, which I think is fair, right? There's the revenge angle. Jordan already mentioned. The cheapest tickets are $400. Like the get-in price is 400 bucks. So Whoa. I think there's some interest in Detroit and surrounding areas in what the Lions are going to do. So I feel pretty good. I I know that is that people... the cost if it's uh, Browns were to find a home game in this stretch. Is that the cost? What do you what so. do you think it ends up? I think that so. that that close there on Thursday night was what two seventy. Yeah, was what I saw the final I, number I kind of change four to five. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to say too, this is you know an aside, but man, to be robbed of a, it's also tough to have the Browns have a better record than everybody in the playoffs, except for great point. I wanted to bring that up. I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, because. You saw on Thursday night, I mm-hmm. I had the worst FOMO. Um, I was yes. in Cleveland, but not at that game. And the minute I turned it on, I was like, man, I what should have, have I made an, I yep. should have made an effort to go to this game because between was, the lights and the fans, it. yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Worth Jake, were you were you in the were you in the building? Yeah, that's. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's something you won't forget for a while. That was you could hear it. So uh, it is unfortunate. We've never seen. We've never seen. One. I mean, like Run William Run was probably. Yep up there but it wasn't a primetime night game like it was 
it was the most important game that stadium has seen since it was built. I, yep, I feel pretty it. confident in that take. Now, I would love for that to be upstaged in the next three weeks, but yeah, when that and that gave me hope that like if these guys do earn these things and become a perennial, you know, favor at home, yeah, this stadium can shake. Like when Jerome Ford housed that football down the left sideline, like that place was moving at your feet. You could feel it. So there's hope that those slowly into Lake Erie. Those, yeah, that's scary. Those, uh, they'll, they'll end up like that AI photo that we saw where it's out in the middle of the water. Um, you know, like th- that, that place will rock. And, um, it's a shame it hasn't seen more of that over the years. Hopefully they do get, uh, that opportunity. And I just think that, you know, would, would the ultimate Super Bowl, I know we haven't done the last game, but is the ultimate Super Bowl getting the Lions? Wouldn't that just be, no, like the no, most that's agreeable? Terrible. That's terrible news. Well, I mean, it's I the think Cubs being... 2016 all over again. Who's the Cubs? The Lions. How? How do you figure? Uh, I think I the Browns think are the Cubs. The yeah, Browns have the won Lions more recently than like the Lions. The Browns have won. The neither team's won a Super Bowl. We can't right, do but the Browns have won a championship thing. more recently. Yeah, we can't do that, though. Sure, we can't it's do... exactly what happened with the Cubs and the, the Indians. It's still the, the World Series the lore, back then. I don't think the that's lore, just something I want to hear from you guys. Are the In that scenario of Lions-Browns, who is the Indians in that scenario, and who is who I mean, is the? Uh, that's the exactly Cubs? what I'm saying, man. I think it's clear cut. When yeah. when's the last Lions somewhere championship in the 50s. or Super Bowls? Well, the somewhere Browns the were kind of like you know the 60s. It's not that but, far off. And but, and the Lions have had some playoff appearances. Like I I just don't think there's anything cl- like the Cubs is such a the lore of the Cubs. No, I know the Red Sox and the Cubs. It's different. Were. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So I is there no well, Cubs in that scenario? Neither like I, yeah, I don't know if either of those are like right. That's a good point. A Sacramento prob- probably King situation in the NBA yeah. type of thing, yeah. you know, like so. Because really, the Bills are probably the closest thing to the Cubs in terms of collective heartbreak. Yeah, with the Super That's Bowl losses yeah. that they endured. Yeah, if we're being honest about it. So okay, so to go back to this, the Browns do have they're tied for the second record in second best record in the AFC, right at eleven and six, with the Bills, the Chiefs, the Browns, the, the Dolphins. They're all at eleven and six. Obviously, if it was free seeded, if you didn't get a home game because you're a division winner, the Browns would have probably played their starters in Cincinnati to get a home game. I, I think yep. it's f- fair to say they'd want to be the second seed, right? So, hundred percent. In that scenario, they are hosting the Steelers. If they win and they're twelve and five, they're hosting the Steelers at home this weekend. If they lose somehow, they're eleven and six. They're hosting the Texans because they've got the second best conference record of the 11 and six teams behind the chiefs. So either way, man, you're talking, it's such a good point point to bring up Jordan, because you're talking about a home game, not only a home game, but a home game, either with a rookie quarterback or by far the worst team in the playoffs. So like, I like those odds, right? And it does matter because you're talking about putting the team there of the playoff teams. They're actually the team with the worst road record of every team in the playoffs. They're three and five on the road. I mean, one of those is the Cincinnati game, which they obviously kind of forfeited, but still, man, they, they have not been good on the road. Uh, We know that we hope that it's changed since the trip to Houston, but the difference between the way this team plays at home and on the road is a thing. And if you were the two seed, you'd have a chance to have two home games, a really good chance to have two home games, and then potentially only have to go on the road to Baltimore and Upsets happen all the time. So it does really matter. And it it does frustrate me that the NFL doesn't. It, 
I understand division winners getting in automatically. I think that's fair. I don't understand not reseeding. Yeah, that's the question that I would ask is like, I yeah, they want divisions to matter, like really, really matter. And the question is, does it matter enough that you get a lock spot in the playoffs? Because it does suck, to your point, to go 11 and 6. Potentially, you could have gone 12 and 5 here and not, you know, in, and it's not like you're in some terrible division. You're in this division with every single team is like to go 12 and, or 11 and 6 and, you know, still have to go on the road for a playoff game. It's a really crummy outcome. So I guess that's that's something we're on the wrong side of this, but even if you're a Houston supporter, would you support the NFL switching to a different reseed format in that regard? Because it doesn't feel like to me, it's not right that, you know, Tampa Bay has a home game. It's not, you're rewarding them with the two ultimate things here, a, ch- a chance to go yeah. to playoffs and then also getting a home game seems so slanted. Yeah. I, I think if there is one thing that they, the competition committee or whatever they call it looks into the reseeding, I think, I think a lot of people would be in favor of it. Like, I don't think it's that controversial, uh, especially when you have these these outliers. Like, yeah, what the Browns are compared to what some of these other teams are and who's getting. Yeah, the home field advantage is a huge thing in the NFL. Like, it's probably like NBA is probably the, the top of that. But the NFL, you know, I think is especially if you have an outdoor stadium and, you know, there's just a lot of factors that go into it. So, um, yeah, it's a bummer, man. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, what the scenario where – is there a scenario, because I was trying to think about this as you guys were talking, where if the Browns win in this round, they would get a home game if one of the lower seeds knocks out? Like, what scenario, who would have to win for them to get a home game in, in the second round? Is that even a possibility? Yeah, oh no, it is. That You need the Dolphins yeah. to upset the Chiefs, and then Dolphins, you, need, yeah. you need the Steelers to go in and beat the Bills. You have to have both yeah. of them happen, because if one of them happens, then they're going to go play. You know, So say the Chiefs win, but the Steelers also win. The Browns would go to Arrowhead, and then the Steelers, right, would, the go Steelers would go to Baltimore. So you yeah. need both okay. of the lower seeds. Not impossible, because the Bills like to hand the football to the other team a lot, and yeah. the Chiefs' offense has struggled, but it's not very likely to happen. But the most yeah. plausible thing to me is you play the Ravens in the second round, you beat them, and then somebody like, in this example, the Dolphins, catch fire for two games and then you get to host the dolphins in the, oh, AFC, in the championship. AFC championship. I, that would be, I'd have to, I'd have to get on a plane. I think I think yeah. I'd have to get on a plane. Yeah. No, no question in my mind. Could you imagine an AFC championship hoisting trophy moment no. in that stadium? That'd be uh that'd be pretty special. So. Well, it would just be so meaningful to see Jimmy Haslam ha- happy. Finally, finally, <laughs> It's good things coming to me. Finally, people. something he can celebrate. Finally. Right. Exactly. Oh. Finally, something t- goes yeah. his way. Yeah. Jimmy, what if you kind of just stay over by like the dog houses and we will uh, deal with some other folks? Andrew Barry can be the focal point of this. Just Andrew Barry just like casually giving him a stiff arm off the stage. Like, no, 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 yeah. just, uh, just one second. Pushing his Nick, face. Nick Chubb oh. sort of shoving Jimmy Huff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was, uh, so we settled it that the Rams-Lions game is going to be the most appealing game, right? That's uh, Which means it'll be a stinker. I've seen some online buzz about blocking Matthew Stafford Lions jerseys. They're not letting anybody mm-hmm. in with them. Won't do it. I think it's fake, but that would be really funny to wear a Stafford Lions jersey to the game and be like, no, nah, you actually you can't come in. I know yeah. your ticket but is But you'd like also 400. be like, you don't know who that guy's rooting for. Who's that person rooting for? Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. Could be a sleeper agent. You just don't know. Just trying to have fun. It's there to have that's fun. Cal- that's Connor. St- that's Connor Stallions. That's what he's doing. <laughs> that's right. So pulling for everybody to win. Every team. Yeah. I have seen some stuff about uh, 
the golf and a lot of the golf and Stafford stats are pretty damn similar. Uh, that kind of find that fun. That that game's going to be fun. It will be very interesting. I think the Rams are a team that I would not want anything to do with in a in a home, even though you're at home. No thanks uh, on that. Anything else, guys? Before we get out of here, that you want to get on record before well, let's this get wild a prediction card. from Zerm before this we the weekend comes. Actually, let's just uh, go through each game and pick them. Let's do that. Great, quick. Let's rapid do it. fire. It'll be fun. All right, Chiefs Dolphins. Who you guys got? Jordan, we'll go to you first. I I just I'm going Chiefs because I just think as we discussed the Dolphins are a mess. Right on. All right, uh, Andrew. I'm picking the Dolphins. All right, upset. I yep. want like crazy to pick the Dolphins, so I'm also going to pick the Dolphins. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. All right. All right. St- I'm telling you though, this happens every year. It doesn't it does. make sense, it and does. it happens. No, it does. That's how You're the right. NFL works. Steelers Bills. This one, I just if Watt was playing, I think I could get there, guys. But I have to take the Bills here. Andrew, where are you going? Yeah, if we're picking it against the spread, I'd take the Steelers still, even even with all of this. But but if we're just talking winner, I'm taking the Bills. Okay, right on. And uh, Jordan? Yeah, I can't in good faith uh, pick Mason Rudolph, so I'm, I'm going Bills. Okay, Packers-Cowboys. Uh, Andrew, off to you first. I know you know you're picking the Packers, so we'll move past you. We're not going to let you talk. <laughs> Jordan, who are you picking? You know what? I'm also going Packers. If yeah, we get we weird, go. let's get weird. Go Pack, go, baby. See you, Mike. See you, Mike. Yeah, well, you know that I was the – guy in our pre our preview show that buried the cowboys to like eight and eight eight and nine right. you were right. they have overachieved there so i will also you remember what i said uh no i don't i picked them to go like 12 and 5 13 and 4 something like that and then absolutely bite it in the playoffs because that's what they do all right so i'm picking what they the cowboys do is then. not be bad they just be bad when it matters that 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 is their that's their mo. I would agree totally with that. I think that's going to happen against the 49ers, though. So I'm not picking the yeah, Packers. That's a, that's a fair call too. That road game. I'm taking the Cowboys in this one. All right. Next is Eagles. But actually, we'll we'll do that one last uh, of the other games. So Rams Lions. So this is the Sunday night game. So I'm taking the Rams, guys. I'm taking the Rams. It's going to be heartbreak city for the Lions, who are still looking for that playoff win. I, I, I don't like saying that out loud, but I feel like the Rams are just right for the, the picking here in this game. So, Jordan, who do you got? Yeah, I got to go the team with the better quarterback, and I just think Matthew Stafford is playing at a level right now reminiscent of their Super Bowl run. So I'm going with I'm going with the Rams. I'll take the Lions, balance it out. I, I do also think they win. I, I, think that, I think that they are being slept on a little bit in the NFC just because they – haven't been there, haven't done that, but I I think as an overall team, I, I don't love their defense, but as as an over especially on offense, they're so balanced. Yeah. And I like the Rams are a cool story, and I do totally think their offense is is great, but I think games like this is where against better competition, that's where their defense gets exposed. Eventually punting on a lot of picks catches up with you. All right, Eagles Bucks. I have to I have to take the Eagles. I can't take the Bucks here. I can't because if the Bucks were playing better late in the year, I know the Eagles have not been playing well. God, these are two bad teams right now. I I have to take the Eagles though. I don't know what I have nothing else to say other than I just watched the Bucks win nine nothing with everything on the line in Carolina, and it was awful, awful. And I know the Eagles got their doors blown off with a chance to win the division by New York, but God, I can't take the Bucks. Can't do it. Taking the Eagles. Andrew? Momentum is real in the NFL. The Eagles are going to lose to the Buccaneers, and Nick Sirianni is going to get fired. Man, Super Bowl to fired. That's uh, that's what that's what they do there. 
Um, that this would be, I, I'm going to take the Eagles as well, but I think it's going to be really close. And yeah. this would be one of the greater falls from grace from one year to another that I think you can, you can imagine. Uh, but I, I, I'm with, I watched a weird amount of that Panthers bucks game and the bucks offense is gross. Uh, so I, sure. <laughs> I sure. just, this is going to be a gross game. Tough. It could be, be like 13, 10. Yeah. So Agreed. Like, I, which means it's probably going to be 38 31 because we don't don't expect it that's how these things go you don't expect it 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 is weird if if you wanted to find like i think we're in this hurry in the world these days to define football the way we define baseball i don't think you can because the eagles being this bad doesn't make sense they have a lot of the core pieces still there from a really dominant run to the super bowl and becoming and coming a couple penalty flags away from having a real shot to win it so I, I am like, I just, I couldn't fathom them losing this game to the Bucks. I can't. I'm not but the, doing it. The Eagles and the Browns are two sides of the same coin. They are. When you start talking about team unity, overcoming adversity, all of the sorts of things that the Browns have specialized in this year, the Eagles have failed in exactly the same ways that the Browns have succeeded. And I wonder the why behind that, right? That's the thing that is interesting because they have good to great leaders in that building, you know, like. You can't tell me Kelsey can't lead. You can't tell me Peters. In, I mean, like, like but the coach, I, I guess. I mean, there's the same coach that they love last year, but maybe adversity hits and when you're, he's the yeah, problem. When you're winning, it's fine. I guess, you know, yeah. I guess I, that, that's what I want to, we'll know because we're going to find out. Will, they'll do some yeah. exit interviews I mean, and uh, you'll be at the heat, heated spot of the table. I will say aside from like, I, I'm always intrigued by the team that seems like they're at a breaking point one way or the other. And and when the playoffs come, a, a team like the Eagles, a team like the Cowboys, where you're just like, if it goes one way, it goes one way bad. And I'm that to me is also really intriguing. Um, and there's a, there's a good amount of that in some of these playoff matchups too, where like yeah. if a team loses, what does next season look like for them? Probably very different. So um, that'll be really, yeah, that, that Eagles, <laughs> I mean, I said there's pressure on the Cowboys, the pressure on the Eagles to not lose to a Bucks team after what they've looked like all season is going to be pretty big. So yeah, that'll be I, fascinating to watch too. I would say, what the hell are they doing after this loss teams? Dolphins, Chiefs, yeah, yeah, Bills, Cowboys, Eagles, Eagles. That's probably that's a lot it. of that's a lot it, of good teams too. Yeah, you know? like what what yeah. we think of as good teams. So yeah, yeah. well, and especially lot. when you consider that guys like Vrabel, if you like Belichick, guys like that are available. Yeah. yeah, like if you're if you're a team that thinks that your head coach is the reason you haven't had success and see this as an opportunity, like the Bills, for example. I mean, Mike Vrabel is, as far as I can tell, pretty much the anti Sean McDermott in terms of getting guys to buy in first and worrying about scheme stuff second, but respecting American tragedies. Also that, yeah, like, a big part of like it. has never given a speech uh, where he's praised the efforts of terrorists. As far as, uh, we, so, yeah. like, as, far as, as, you far know. as we know, as, yeah. I wouldn't put it past any football coach actually, but uh, ever talked yeah, about the calculation been... of Lee Harvey Oswald. Let's talk about that <laughs> and how that ties in dedication. If nothing yeah. else, dedication. There it is. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah. Jordan, we're not going to pick it yet. We're going to wait. We're like Andrew and I are like the guys calling the game. We're going to do it a little later. So we need your, yeah, Texans Browns pick. I'm just that is kidding. so unkind. Right. We're, we're also doing it. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, I always I hate that. that. Like Lee Corso or not Lee Corso, but Herb Street can he can't pick a winner and still call the game without a right. bias. We got to announce the game right. so he can't well, appear biased. That's so like weird. Like he's in the booth. Like, oh no, Ohio State gave up a touchdown, and I my prediction. Them to win. This is horrible news. <laughs> yeah, well, two and four. What am I gonna do? So silly. Um, but I'll I'll take this I'll take this burden on uh, on my shoulders. Um, 
The Browns, guys, the Browns are going to win. They're going to go in there. Amari Cooper is going to have a sim. Amari Cooper loves that turf or whatever the field is made out of in Houston. And um, I, on a serious note, too, I think like what Flacco and, and Joku have developed over these last four or five games is is enormous. I think like Njoku's turned into the player that I think a lot of us always thought he could be. So yeah, I'm going to take the Browns. I think it's going to be a little high scoring. I don't know if I, like score predictions to me are kind of like, well, but I, this could be a game where it's like, you know, 28, 21, something like that. Um, but I think, I think Flacco is going to keep rolling and I'm going with the Browns and we move and we're on to, we're on to Baltimore. Maybe. What's the name of the Browns the quarterback again? The last name just real quick. And uh, I want to ask you, Jordan. Oh, uh, <clears throat> at Flacco. Oh God. It's so good. It's so good. I don't know if it's as good as the original. No, I, it's a 10. There are no notes. Yeah, there are no I, corrections I to be made. It's as good as it gets. It's as good as yeah. it gets. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow, you guys are too kind. Too kind. And Jake, what is the injury status of the uh, Texans' best edge rusher? I think we have to do this. We have to call him from, from the Matrix. We have to call him Mr. Anderson. You remember that? You know, hopefully if I you did. guys, if you didn't see the Matrix, I could sound really dumb there. But Watch yeah, it check tonight. It if you Pretty haven't seen it. Check it out. You know, this is it was seen the, it. It late 90s. They did some bullet bending things, right? Um, Keanu Reeves. Don't watch the most recent one. Not nope. worth your time. But no. go back to the original. It's pretty cool. Kind of set the stage for movie making for a long time. Anyway, I don't think any of us would come on the show picking the Texans. But Not I wouldn't. The playoffs, man. I think the biggest reason is I just want this to keep going. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm having fun. The storylines are awesome. We've been waiting for a year like this my entire adult fanhood. And even my childhood fanhood, right? Like, I mean, I, the, the, some stories about the O2 team were fun, but they weren't, you know, they weren't this. They weren't this. And I, I think that the stuff here is big time special, and I want to talk about it as many weeks as we can. So I'm picking with my heart. I'm picking Browns 30 to 24 in this one. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said, Jake. I, I mean, it's, it's, it is the ride that you don't want to get off of. The idea of, yeah. The potential of having to wrap the season up next week is I don't even want to entertain it because it would just be so I saw that free agent list today and I was like, get that away from me. Yeah. I don't even want to look at it right now. Yeah. I just am not even not even curious. I don't find myself interested in it at all. We've done all that. Browns fans have done more off season speculating and hoping and wishing. And the reason we did all of that was to get to where we are. The, whole, the reason you got excited about the Watson trade or the Amari Cooper trade or whatever is to get to games like this. We so need this years is when, of this. We need exactly. years of it, right? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. this is the this should be the beginning, the baseline begin. I mean, That's you know, it. who knows what happens, but this should be. And and I would say too, just to add on, like at least for this matchup, I think the Browns have earned the right internally to have expectations to win this game, you know, like to really, to not only be like, oh, cool, we're in the playoffs, like you mentioned, Jake, as it felt like in 2020. Like, I think especially on the defensive side, they're going in there and they're like, we're a better football team and we should win this game. And that's Mm -hmm. awesome because that has just not been a feeling that we've had very often. So, um, yeah, man, full steam ahead. Let's go. What's your score prediction, Andrew? Because we know you're picking a win. That's what we need. Yeah, give me a... Browns 27, Texans 20. Okay. We're all at least putting both teams in the 20. I'm the only guy who went into the 30s, and uh, we're pumped. You should be pumped. Go watch Clay's video from uh, at underscore Cleology to get really excited about this game. The last 45 seconds are what the kids these days call fire. 
it is goosebump inducing stuff the the way he timed that up and that is not his job he doesn't do that stuff for a living he's just the most devoted browns fan i've ever seen and cares a lot and i like that's why i text him i'm like imagine like these guys watching this on the flight there and like this meaning something to them that's the that's the good shit man that's the stuff you want like that's where social can really make an impact right you know yeah here's the uh jordan andrew jake watch list after this pod you watch the hype video first yes then you watch then you watch joe flacco's playoff run from 2012 and then you watch and then you watch the matrix Mm -hmm. and then you watch those are the three it's a great it's a it's a perfect evening so probably about three hours i would settle in grab a soda grab some popcorn yeah yeah make time put the uh, flacco highlights on the big screen don't do it on your phone give it the justice it deserves all all of this is going to be on the on the oled oh led that's right all right guys wrapping up a pod this was really fun with jordan and andrew we appreciate you making time out of your thursday uh, or friday or whenever you're listening to this to give us your earballs and your attention and hopefully you're getting pumped up for what should be a really fun opening playoff game for the nfl 4.30 Saturday. We'll have another two shows, including where Andrew and I go apart, uh, you know, part by part of the rosters to just look at how these sides stack up. And then we will have all the preview of the Texans from one of their guests covered as well. Uh, at least I'm thinking about doing that. I don't even, maybe, I don't even know if I want to give them that much attention. We really want to focus on the Browns. So we'll see if we end up doing that, but uh, we will have you ready for this game. That's the story. So again, thank you for being here, giving us your time. Rate and review the pod if you haven't done that in a while. Uh, always helps Browns fans find it. Thank you for doing that, those of you who have done it. Um, and for those of you who are here and listening, again, we appreciate you being here. And go Browns! Go Browns!